Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. During our series, Built to Last, we're taking a deeper look into some of the foundational principles that can help us make lasting changes in our lives. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome you back to our series that we began a few weeks ago. We're actually in week four of a series entitled Built to Last. Now, I know this about you. I know that one of the most frustrating things in life is to put time and energy into something that is temporary. None of us like that. In fact, when we think about the things that we care about the most, our relationships and our families, our relationship with God, our spiritual life, it's something that we want to last. We want it to work. And it's one of my greatest prayers is that your faith and the things that God values and you value that it would work in your real life, that the scriptures would become something that you can apply in such a way that it really lasts. And so that's really what we're talking about in this series is we've talked about how to do that. Everyone is building something and what you're building will be tested. And so Jesus gives us a little story at the end of one of his most famous and most lengthy messages in Matthew chapter seven. He gives us a story at the end of it because Jesus is such a great preacher, he knows you'll remember the story. And he tells a little story to help emphasize what he's talking about because in this set of message notes that Jesus gives that are recorded for us in the Bible, he's talking about life. He's talking about how to live his way and he has a lot of different subjects that he covers. And he ends with a little story that goes like this, that there was a wise man who built on a rock. He built in a way that he knew his life would be tested through the challenges and circumstances. He built on this rock and Jesus tells us what he means by that and he says, those are people who hear these words of mine. Now I know some of you may have not have heard Jesus's words. Jesus knows about life. Jesus knows how to do life. Jesus knows what works, Jesus knows what lasts. Some of you have never heard it, but then you have to have an opportunity to hear it. And his real point is, it's not those who just hear it, it's that those words change you so much that you do it. And if you do it, then you're building like a guy who builds on a rock. He's a wise guy because in life, the winds come, the rains come, the storms come, the waters rise. Anybody lived a little bit? It's coming to your house. And when it comes, if you're built on the rock, then it stands and it lasts. But there was a foolish guy. I'm amazed by this as a pastor, how we just dismiss God's ways, how we want the shortcut, how we just think, you know what, I just, I'm just going to just kind of do it this way and I just hope it works out and we don't pay attention to God's ways in the areas of our relationships, with our marriage, with our life. We just go, man, I'm just going to just kind of just do it my own way and fast doesn't last. And I just do it my way and this foolish guy builds his own way. He doesn't hear the words and do the words. And when the wind comes and the rain comes, there's a great crash. It's really tough when you show up on the scene of the crash and you're like, wow, this all fell apart. As a pastor, I've been around people's crashes. It's a sad place. Sometimes things just happen, but sometimes the crash is a result of building with the wrong blueprints building with the wrong foundation. 
And so we've been talking about that in the series. We're talking about building on the foundation of Jesus, building on the authority of God's word. Last week we talked about a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and this week I'm gonna talk to you about an area that I think specifically in our demographic, in our culture, in our place, could be one of our weaknesses, but could be a source of great strength for building to last. I'm gonna talk to you about the power of your praise to God. The power of your praise to God, because you see, if you're gonna build for the long haul, you have to have power. You have to have something that sustains you and gives you the power to make that choice when everyone else is making the wrong choice. You have to have the ability when it doesn't look like, okay, I don't see it out there by faith, I have to choose to do his words by faith, build on the rock, you have to have an inner life that motivates you because you're gonna do what you wanna do and that's why Jesus wants to change your want to and change your inner world so that you'll choose his way. And so we're looking at these different areas and this week, I'll just be honest, it's an area that I've had to learn in and grow in and it's an area that I think that we're, we're a little bit weaker in. I wanna welcome those watching online, I wanna welcome those at 12.30 that are making room and making space and I want for us now to turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter two. We're gonna look at verses four through five. We're gonna look at a few verses there that give us some insight into why this is important for us. I believe people who build in a way that lasts understand the benefits of the power of giving praise to God. The benefits of the power that is released when we give praise to God. You know, I've been actually this week, to be real honest, sometimes during a week you struggle and you just, you just struggle with the message. You just, you just want people to get it. And when it's an area that people don't get it, I realize that some of you I'm talking to you and when I say the word praise, you don't get it. You're kind of like, what? In fact, you know, maybe this is new for you. You know, I know for the first time when I came into a service and there were guitars, you may be thinking it's a style thing. You know, I, I remember, you know, it's like 20 years ago, it's a little more common now, but 20 years ago, man, it was like weird, you know? I mean, the church I grew up in, you didn't raise your hand unless you had a question, you know? I mean, you just, it's just, I showed up and there's a guy with a big guitar, pearl guitar, you know, he's like, Jesus, Jesus. I'm like, is God mad? I mean, what's going on here? Some of you may have grown up in that, but many of you, I can tell by your expression, did not. You're kind of like, can I get a coffee or something to hide me right now? What are these people doing? I know how you feel. My wife took me to her church. I thought, these people need counseling. They're just like into this. Well, well here's the thing. You may not know this. God's really into it. God's really into your praise. He's really into it. It's kind of like we just had Valentine's Day. And here's something that I learned after 25 years with my wife. I got married and I didn't know this, but ladies, you are complex. <laughs> you just, just, you're awesome, but you're complex. And you don't come with an instruction manual. And so you have to learn as you go. I was giving some young guys some pro tips this week. If she says, this year you don't have to do anything for me, do not believe it. It's a trap, brother. 
It's a trap. No, 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 no. You need to go right now to Kroger's. There's nothing left because everybody that at the last minute showed up and grabbed all that stuff, those overpriced flowers, there's some petals laying on the ground and you can pick them up and make a flower and you can make your weekend a whole lot better. Let me tell you, if you'll just figure out how to get something, I mean, get a Snickers bar or something, man, I'm telling you. Ladies, you're complex, so we have to kind of understand what you like at different moments and what motivates you. Here's the good thing about God. He is other. He is different. He is complex. But you know what's so good? He told us how to please him. He told us. He made it plain. I love your obedience. I love your praise. I love when you get outside of you and you magnify me. I love it when you glorify me. So that's a good thing about God is we don't have to figure it out. We have a great understanding from the word of God of what he's up to and what he likes. First Peter chapter two, I like the building metaphor. I like it because it's a theme throughout the Bible. We're talking about built to last. Did you know even with what he's building in you, he's building something even greater than what you can really recognize sometimes. Peter was there when Jesus told that story and so Peter now long after is writing to a group of persecuted believers and he's talking to them about the big picture and the big story and he says this, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, he's talking about Jesus. You also though, like living stones, I love that, living stones, not prefabbed bricks that are all alike. You're hewn, if you will. Stones are cut and carved out of the rock. You're uniquely designed by God. You have your uniqueness. That's what a lot of people that resist praise think, man, I don't wanna become like everybody else. I'm not gonna follow in the crowd. Though we do it in every other area of life. No, no, you're unique. You're unique, but you're also collected together. Look at this. You're living stones, but you're being built into a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. That's amazing, because you're like, isn't this like worship and praise to God in this ceremonial act, like only for the special people who have the special rights and privileges? No, you're a priest, which means because you're a priest, you can talk to God and you can speak for God. You can walk into his presence, into the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus, a holy priesthood, and here's what you're doing. You're offering, you may have never thought about this, every time, and I'm not just talking about church services, every time you offer your praise, every time you offer your worship to God, you're sending up spiritual sacrifices to God, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then there's some other things I want you to jump down to verse nine. You are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, God's special possession. And you're wondering, hey, what is one of my purposes? What is, what is, what is one of my roles here on earth as I'm this living stone and I'm in this spiritual house? You may declare the praises of him. Did you know that's one of the things God receives from you? He does the choosing. He does the hewn of the stone. He, he's the one that shapes the living stone. That's his part. 
Your part is the declare part. You declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, his wonderful light. A person who, maybe if you're here and you're like, man, I I don't really know God. That's what I love about authentic praise. When people are authentically, I'm not talking about weird people who are really making it about them. But when a group of people come together in an authentic way and honor God, you're like, wow, there's something in that. And you can see it and you can even want to praise God, but the truth is, it's those who have chosen Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So, so people who are outside of it, again, you're like, man, I want that, I'm drawn to that. You, you can come into it, and sometimes even as you're coming into saying, hey, I wanna know this God, you may receive him. But the truth is, biblical praise can only be offered by those who are his. When he comes into your life, there begins to be out of your life this praise that is offered up to him. Now I realize, again, some of you this is new, and I'm gonna give more scriptures than I ever usually do. I'm gonna give you more points and more lists this weekend. I'll, I'll tell you again, I struggled this week just praying for some of you who don't get it. I have small groups and Bible studies with people, they'd be like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Can I just drink coffee out there while y'all do all that other stuff, Jeff, so I can just come listen to you and you can start talking and I get that. But I don't get this biblical praise thing. I want you to get it. I believe there's transformation on the backside of you getting it. And I I wanna say again, it's not just when you gather to worship in a corporate setting, it's in your life. It's in your life when you get that you are called to declare the praises of your God So because I want you to get it, I'm gonna explain it very thoroughly in our time together. What are some biblical expressions of praise? First of all, sing praise to the Lord, Psalm 30 says. Some of you say, I'm not a very good singer. It didn't have that in there as a qualifier. (laughs) Sing only if you know the notes. I don't know the notes. I don't understand the notes, but I sing. My kids tell me, Dad, you have a strong voice. It's just off key. I don't even know what the key is. Sing praise to the Lord. You sing praise. Not the people up here with the microphone only. You sing praise to the Lord. Instruments, you're like, is that legal? Read Psalm 150. It has a bunch of instruments in Psalm 150. We get all of them. Had a lady one time, the first church that I pastored, we started doing this. Remember, you didn't get extra credit in the past for that. She's like, those drums are playing the devil beat. (laughs) The devil beat? Could you inform me of what the devil beat is? Maybe the drums were created and we keep them contained. I'm with you. In the fishbowl. Maybe they were created to glorify God. Sing a new song, Psalm 40, verse three. You're like, when they stop singing and they're just like, they like to do like, and you're like, you're not singing to me. Maybe you could sing your own song. Maybe out of you would come a song of praise to your God that would come out of you based on the circumstance or situation that you're facing and you could sing a scripture or some thought that begins to glorify God. 
shouting praise to God. Betsy said, let's shout unto the Lord. So you're like, oh, is that legal? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Whoo. Ha. Ah. Should we shout to the Lord? Well, the Bible says, Psalm 66, one through two, shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. You're like, I don't know if I'm into that. Well, you're really not gonna like the next one. <laughs> Dancing. <laughs> now, don't get carried away. I just kind of give it a little. Psalm 149, tradition I grew up in, we didn't dance in church. We didn't dance, period. On Baylor campus, we had the first official dance, 1995, and I was amazed by all these Baptists who knew how to dance. Where did they learn? We're not supposed to know how to do that. They were dancing all right, just privately. Let them praise him with dancing. Clapping, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God, there it is. Yeah, good, you got it. He likes that. He likes that. Church I grew up in, we only did it when we had a revival. It was legal to clap. People who didn't even know how. It's like we have a revival, it's like, they're clapping. I thought, can't we just have a revival every week? Kneeling, bowing. Do you know, every time before I preach, before the lights come up, I say, Lord, make this not about me. I just want to be your servant. Help me communicate to these people. Before I come out to preach, I get in a little room in the back. I take my Bible and I say, Lord, only if you speak, only if you speak will people be changed. You don't see that. You don't know that. You don't even know that I do that. I don't know if I've ever publicly said that I do that. But did you know I believe when God looks down and sees me kneeling before him, he likes it. He likes it. It's a posture of praise to him that he fills me to honor him. Raising your hands, some of you are like, where did that come from? The Bible. It came out of the book. Psalm 134, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. First Timothy 2.8, I would that men, women, everywhere would lift up holy hands and worship God. There's people, I've had a, I had a guy in my Bible study, he goes, I'll never do that. Really? And you know why you'll never do it? Pride. Did you know in Isaiah, Satan was kicked out of heaven for pride because he wanted the worship. You're like, do I have to? You don't have to do anything. There's nothing in the kingdom of God you have to do. But let me change your mindset. It's legal if you want to and God likes it. It's legal. I know where you're at. I was like, what? 
I'll never forget, then it kind of gets on you, you know? <laughs> then you realize it's legal. I remember the first time I did it, I was like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just. God likes it. You know you say a lot with your hands, by the way. You make some bad gestures, too. Guys don't do that. Do you know what I always think of? A little kid. When you begin to offer praise to God, you get a childlike faith. That's really what it is. God, I love you today. I worship you today. My kids, it's like they're all getting big. I just love when I come home. Addie, you don't look at him and say, you little charismatic expression of worshiper. What's wrong with you? Quit that. My mom, my mom was a praiser. She just, she just lived to praise God. She had a lot of brokenness in her past. By the way, when you look at someone who's very expressive in their praise to God, always remember this, in the Bible, usually as a result of people who know their need for God. Be careful before you get critical. Most of the time that comes out of the fact they know they need God. My mom was a praiser. Did you know this is, just this whole idea of praise is God's word, but even in just practical talk, if you're a manager, you tell your team, your attitude determines your altitude. Thankfulness and praise is all the way through the Bible. It's very common. My mom, she just developed this praise attitude. And so I would just think she was crazy when I was a teenager. You know, she'd wake me up. This is the day, who this is the day that the Lord has made. Change Jeff's attitude. He'll get better. Ah. Something bad would happen. We just praise the Lord. We praise God right now. Well, I praise you in advance for Jeff's bad attitude. You're going to change it now. Sounds kind of corny, doesn't it? We need more of it in our world today. We're the most anxious, depressed, concerned, uptight, angry group of people on the planet because it's all about us. Make it all about him. I praise you today, Lord, because I have breath in my body. I praise you even though my son has a bad attitude, I praise you that I have a son. You just start with praise. And here's what happened to me. I'm a logical, analytical person. I was just like many of you. Can we get past this so we can get to the message so I can get some information that I can do by myself? I'm here to tell you, when I began to understand not just singing about God, but singing to God. Did you know what priests do? They minister unto the Lord. Did you ever realize that you are ministering, not that he's in heaven going, I gotta have all of it, but you're ministering to the heart of the Lord when you come before him. And when I began to realize that, I began to change. It was transformative for me. You say, okay, we need to dig in this. What does that look like? How do you build on the power of praise? Well, first of all, you have to overcome the barriers. There's some barriers that we all have. What are the barriers? Number one, I'm not into emotionalism. So many people say, look, I'm not, just not an emotional person. I'm just not into emotionalism. Did you know that praise, you can't outsource, 
And by the way, it's not praise until you express it. You're like, I feel that about the Lord, but feeling it is not expressing it. It becomes praise when you express it. And the truth is that we don't always do in any area when it comes to God just what we feel, but when we praise God, he changes our feelings. When we begin to exalt him above our circumstances, then he changes our feelings along the way. The next one, doesn't God prefer quiet reverence? I know for a lot of us, our tradition is quiet. Did you know there's nothing wrong with that? That's one of the expressions of our worship to God is quiet reverence. The older I get, the more I do. I have a thinking chair. I have time for reflection. You should have time for reflection. This message I'm preaching to you came out of times of reflection because that produces what God does in your heart to make it transformative. And so experience doesn't make you better. Experience doesn't make your house stand. If experience made you better, then the older you get, you would be better. I know a lot of people that are getting older, but they're just older. They're not better. So there's something about reverence and reflection, but God also, the word halal, praise, one of the Hebrew words, means to shine forth, means to boast, means to glory, means to celebrate. So yes, there are moments for quiet reverence and reflection, but there's also moments where just quiet reflection can't produce everything God's doing in your life and you need to praise him. You need to break out of just the reverence and it's in the process of that praising that God does something in your life. It's not my style. It's just not my style. It's just not my personality. I understand that. Remember though, you can't outsource your praise. You were created to declare the praises of your God. So, so, so a lot of people just be, I, you know, I'm just, not, I'm just not that style. I'm kind of more personal, private. That's why kind of a reflective, reverent worship posture is easier sometimes. And the reason we're weaker at praise is praise pushes us outside of our style. It pushes us outside of our comfort zone. It pushes us into a place where we engage with God. It's amazing to me. I, I remember a guy I led to the Lord. I've dealt with this multiple, multiple times where I, you walk with someone, they come, they, they, you get saved, they, they come to church, and they're like, Jeff, I like your preaching. I like the structure of the church. I like the order, but look, I don't get all this other stuff. I'm talking to you if you don't get it. It's amazing, though. I led this guy to the Lord, and he's like, man, I don't know about all this. It's normal, and... But then I went to a high school football game with him. In case you're not from Texas, we're really into this stuff. Did you know the number one watch program? The Super Bowl. And I know it's overused sometimes, but it's true. I'm gonna tell you, your own kid's game. I'm just quiet and reverent. Let your kid get benched. Let him hit a home run. Your kid hits a home run. Oh God! Oh, I don't care how quiet you are in your personality. If I talk to you longer than five minutes, I'll find something you're passionate about. And I'm going to tell you, sporting events, the way we go crazy in this culture for sporting events, and we under-worship the God who saved us is tragic. Tragic. I don't have a good voice. I'm not musical. God wants your voice. And Jesus said, 
if we do not, the rocks will cry out. The rocks will cry out. I feel guilty or unworthy. I feel guilty or unworthy. That's a big one. It's like, wow, I don't, I don't know. I've made mistakes this week. I don't want to be fake. I don't know. Did you know that you don't worship God on the basis of your worthiness? You don't praise God on the basis of your performance. You praise God on the basis of his worthiness, his magnificent power. So you begin to worship him on the basis of who he is, not on the basis of who you are, because he chose you as a priest. He chose you as a priest, which means you can go into the presence of God, not on the basis of your worthiness, but the sacrifice that was made by Jesus. Let's talk about some benefits though, because some of you are like, okay, all right, I got you, it's in the Bible. Why would I want to do it? Here's some benefits that you receive. We receive the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, according to Isaiah 61. The garment of praise, not the garment of reflection. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. My wife has one of these weighted blankets. I don't much like them. They're heavy and hot, both of which I don't like. A weighted blanket is great to watch a movie with, but it's terrible to live your life with. And this world will put a weight on you. The worries and the challenges of this world will put a weight on you. You go, what is one of the things that could break that off in the morning when I'm driving to work? Take off the spirit of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise. We enter his courts with praise. Have you ever felt like, I just don't feel like I can connect to God? I, I don't know, and this will help your prayer life, this will help your daily life. It's a simple thing, but it's scriptural. According to Psalms 100 verse four, we enter his courts with praise. You say, Pastor Jeff, do you ever, every morning, do you just wake up, I feel the presence of God. Woo, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. No, I'm just like you. But we enter his courts with praise. God, I thank you for today. I thank you that you saved me today. I thank you on the dash of my car right now, enter his courts with praise. Talks about his faithfulness to all generations. I I come right now outside of my feelings and I praise you. I honor you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being a good father. Thank you that you are, there's no rival, there's no equal. You see, when you begin to declare the praises of God, then you come into the presence of God. You enter his courts with praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. He comes to be with us, according to Psalm 22. You're like, okay, now is this just for like positive people who are naturally motivated toward God? Jesus quoted this Psalm when he was on the cross. On the cross, he's quoting from this Psalm. You hear us say it all the time, God inhabits the praises of his people. We're a praising church, why? Why do we wanna be a praising church? Why do we wanna be a God-honoring church? Why do we wanna be a people with the praise of God always on our lips? Because God inhabits those places. God shows up, again, we're not talking about kooky people that make it about them, but I'm talking about authentic praise. Sing to the Lord a new song and many will see and fear and put their trust in God. When we have prepare at the first of the year and we gather all the praisers 
And there's an atmosphere of praise in here. The transformation testimonies that we hear all year long are amazing. Why? Because God shows up in an atmosphere of praise. He shows up in that place. And he can inhabit your house. He can inhabit your car. He can inhabit your office. If you praise him. If you praise him. Praise reminds us of who God is. It's a great way to remember scripture. Do you know what? You want to remember more of the Bible? Start singing it and praising it. Make your own tune to it. You start singing it. My youngest, Lainey Kate, coming to church with me this weekend. Dad, I know the books of the Bible. Really? Well, share them with me. She started singing. Those verses of scripture, it reminds us. Every time we praise God, it reminds us of who God is, and here's a big one, praise is a weapon. It's a weapon. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, some of you say, I don't get it, okay, I, I, I understand. But if you saw that we're living in a natural world that is affected by a spiritual world, and some of the things you're fighting, you're not going to figure out, you're gonna praise your way out of. You're not gonna solve it analytically because if you could have solved it analytically, you would have already solved it. But when you begin to praise, because he inhabits the praises of his people, he fights those battles. I love the story in 2 Chronicles 20 when they were really in a difficult spot. Their strategy wasn't, let's get a better military positioning. They said, let's send all the praisers out front. And when they began to praise God, the enemy turned on himself and he began to see a great victory as a result of praise. You say, Pastor, what are you asking me to do? Really, this isn't corrective. Hope you're not seeing it that way. It's a benefit. It's a blessing. It's part of why God designed you to declare the praises of your God. What are you asking me to do? Be intentional about giving praise to God. I realize some of you say, well, I don't get it. I understand, I was one of those too. Look at all these verses. Start getting it. Start getting it, just, just take a step. Say, Lord, okay. You're like, I don't really like the style. A lot of times I don't either. Get over it. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? These young people right here, they're going to lead us into stuff. Who knows what it's going to be like? Did you know the message never changes, but the method changes? God's always doing a new thing. Who knows? As long as it's scriptural and as long as it's honoring God, I'm like, okay, I'm in. I had a moment this week. You know, I go to a lot of church. A lot more church than you probably did. I do church a lot. And I was this week in a learning cohort and I was at another church, a large church. I was sitting kind of on the second row. And they started singing this song, Waymaker. Played on the radio, a lot of churches singing it. Now, I'm just being transparent with you. I go to a lot of church. I've heard that song at least every time you've heard it five more times than you've heard it. And they start singing that song. Now, I'll be transparent with you too. I'm like some of you, I'm an analyzer. So I'm there and I'm looking at their cameras and I'm looking at their lights and I'm looking at how they screened off their auditorium and 
how's this going? What are they doing? Because see, I, I do church, right? So I'm thinking about those things. And then I, we're going to start singing Waymaker. So this cool looking person gets up there, you know, a lot cooler than me. They start singing Waymaker. And I'm like, I like it, but I'm getting tired of it. Come on, can y'all, y'all looking at me so religious right now. You're like, and I'm, I like it, but like, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of it. Couldn't we get something new, you know, to kind of get the juices flowing, you know? Waymaker. And God just convicted me. Jeff, just hold on. This is about your heart. Okay, Lord, I, I put out all the analyzation. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Oh, okay, wait a minute. I'm entering his courts now. Didn't really prefer the song. Didn't relate to the guy singing it. I don't know where he came from. He looks nothing like me. He doesn't do any of the things I do. Who cares? I want to talk to you about your heart, Jeff. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. I'm not feeling anything. I'm tired, middle of the week. Miracle worker, promise keeper, gets to the end of the song. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Oh, wait a minute, Lord. You're working in my children who are away at college. You're working in that situation that we're struggling through at the church that we've been praying about. You're a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Oh, that might deserve two hands. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, I like that. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Might even get a shuffle. See, see what I'd like to offer to you is I'm an analytical, logical person, but I just got tired of carrying my own problems and being my own God. I just got tired of letting the enemy beat me up and just say, okay, I don't care about the lights and the singer and the song. You're a miracle worker. You're a promise keeper. You're my God. And the very prayer I prayed over one of my kids, they text me on Valentine's Day and I was able to offer them a scripture that I got from God on the second row as I praise God. That's not because I'm a pastor. That's because I'm willing to deploy and do what the Bible says. And you can do it too. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you that if there's one person who doesn't know you, who is outside of a relationship with you, you desire to have a relationship with them. And I pray right now for them, and if that's you, you can just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. Save me, become my Lord, become my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for me, rose from the dead. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, the Bible says you're saved. I'd encourage you to come forward at the end of the service and let us know. Fill out that communication card so we can help you learn how to walk with Jesus. But second of all, Lord, I pray for all of us that when our circumstances want us to praise them and to analyze them and to focus on them and to exalt them, when our challenges and our pain and our pride want to exalt itself above the knowledge of who you are, God, 
I pray there would be an impartation today of praise into your people. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.